everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cloud-Based Mayhem. I just got off the phone with Suhail Barakani, a pilot in Iran who just broke the Asian record on August 2nd. He went 440K and some other friends with him that also had a really big day, just, just short of that. So I uh, thought I'd reach out to him and talk about flying in Iran. This show will really make you want to get on a jet plane if you don't live in Iran and get over there and fly. Although, obviously, not right now with the COVID situation going on. But in normal times, it's just has been a place that has fascinated me for years. Nick Grease, I believe, was the last U.S. pilot to go there. He wrote a couple of fantastic art- articles about his experience there. And high base, uh, flying really fast, big mountains, tons of flatlands, gorgeous scenery, incredible cultural place, and uh, just fascinating. So just had a great talk with Sohail that I think you're really going to enjoy. We talk about all that, some of his history, his PwC chasing, and all that stuff. So, And we talk about the community there, which is 6,000-something strong. I had no idea. They've got more pilots there than we do in the States, I believe. So uh, very fun talk. Um, I don't have too much housekeeping here, but wanted to remind everybody that I know that, you know there are some comps happening in the world, but in the Swiss... PwC is about to get going here, but you know we can't travel to Switzerland right now. So there are some comps happening in the world, but certainly everything here in North America has been shut down, at least temporarily. But they, my friend Stacy Whitmore down at the at Kuwasa, that's C-U-A-S-A, Central Utah uh, Air Sports, uh, they're holding the Red Rocks Flying, which I went down to last year. That starts September 28th through October 3rd, and they're going to have a little hike and fly race the weekend before that. So to find out more, go to www.cuasa.com, kuasa.com, and you'll find out more about it. They've also got a Facebook group, but this is a phenomenal place. It's all the fall colors are going off. It's a great group. Uh, it's incredibly cheap. It's like 80 bucks for the week. It's a fly-in, it's not a comp, but it's uh, they, the flying there is magnificent. I mean, last year, a few people cracked off more than 200K still that late in the season, and the glass-offs there are legendary, and I just highly recommend it. The, the majority of pilots are kind of ENB, ENC pilots, uh, but they set up these great conversations and at night with... Uh, people in the sport who are fascinating give really good presentations and talks and it's just a really supportive environment for cross-country and learning and and flying paragliders and hang gliders so if you can if you're in the states or canada or mexico and you're dying to go to something and they are blowing it off they're going to be following all kinds of guidelines to keep us covid safe and i highly recommend it if you can so in the meantime enjoy this talk with Sohail Barakani, who just broke the Asian record, 440K flying across Iran. Cheers. Sohail, it's so great to have you on the show. I was, you know, I'm an an ex-contest junkie, and on the 
2nd of August, I saw your flight pop up and a bunch of other big flights actually in Iran. And this is usually the time of year where I start seeing big flights out of your zone and uh, the new Asian record. Congratulations, 440K. That's a monster flight. And so I can't wait to hear about it and hear about your history of flying in Iran. And I know you were very instrumental and helpful to getting my friend Nick Grease over there. And like you said, before we started recording, he's probably the last American that flew in Iran. I can't remember what year that was, 2014, 2016, maybe 2016. Is that about right? But anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's great to have you on the show and it's great to talk about flying in Iran. I know it's a, it's a beautiful country and I've been, I've been wanting to get over there for forever to fly because the, the, the length of flights and the height you guys get is, is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello, Gavin. Thank you. Thank you uh, so much. Uh, yeah, we had a really great flight uh, last week. Yeah, we try. Uh, we broke the Asian record. The, the The last record was the 418k from my friend. And uh, yes, we 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 flew more around 440k from the west of Iran to the to the close to the Tehran. Yeah, uh, if you have any question, I'm here. Yeah, I mean, so um, you know, let, let's talk about your flight first. You're you're flying the 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 Boom Eleven. Uh, you were in the air almost nine hours. Your your average speed was was almost fifty k an hour. Uh, so you know, you're that's pretty close to flatland speed. Was it was it pretty manageable or was it a little dicey in sections? Because you're you're flying over some big terrain. Yeah, uh, actually, yes, I, I, I fly with the Boom 11. And um, yes, I, I actually, the Iran is, uh, is, is not like uh, Europe that uh, there is there is a mountain, but usually we fly in a flatland. We have uh, some mountain on the way, but uh, because always we fly in a high altitude, usually around more than 4,000 to the 6,000. And actually, the, the mountain is not really important. Yeah, we, we can see some mountain on the way, but uh, after we, we, we try to start the fly on the mountain, then we jump to the flatland and we, we, we use the high cloud base. The cloud base here in this time is around 6,000 to 7,000. And we try to stay high between the 4,000 to the 6,000 and we keep going until the, the afternoon. And then when we, we will try to back to the mountain again and uh, continue. But yes, we, most of uh, our, uh, the time we fly in the flatlands. And, and th this flight was uh, west to east. Are, are most of the flights typically like that? I've, I've seen some other track logs that kind of follow the range more. Is this, is this an unusual day or is this really kind of the standard when, when things are lining up and good and you have, it looked like from your pictures that you had pretty good cloud support that day. Was it, is this kind of the typical, just not typical, obviously this is a really good day, but is this, is this a route you guys fly a lot? Yeah, we, no, we, it's not a, actually we, we, uh, the day that we broke the record is not a great day. It's, it's, uh, it's not a usual day also. You know, we, uh, the, the usual day we have, we, we could fly more than 5,000, but on that day, I just one time climbed to the 5,000. 
And uh, yeah, the condition was not really easy to fly. It's, it's uh, really uh, with the turbulence. And um, yeah, two or three times I decided to go to land. Uh, just just the point that we had at that time, we hadn't any big clouds. We hadn't any hour uh, developed in the afternoon, so we can continue until the 8 p.m. Usually I had a three, 300 uh, with them better average speed. My average speed on that flight was 49 km per hour, but I had close to the 500, 500, uh, I had a average speed around 55 km per hour. Uh, so I had, I hadn't, um, you know, the best day on that, on that day. So, but, but fortunately we had a good wind and um, we, we, I and uh, my friend, can continue until the 8 p.m. So we flew nine hours and um, yeah, we flew more than 400K. And when you, when you, I noticed your flight, you landed quite near Tehran. Uh, Tehran. Is that, that you fly those mountains quite a bit too? Are, are you, are you, are you in Tehran normally? Is that where you live? Yeah, I, I live in Tehran. Uh, we try to fly to the our flying city, uh, flying site, but um, uh, I, that I flew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because my my team waiting for us there, uh, but um, I flew thirty k short. So yeah, I couldn't land in our flying site. But yes, uh, I try to fly close and close to my home. <laughs> Are you, uh, you know, on a, if you say this wasn't a really, really great day, if you had a really great day and took off from this site that you used, is it, is it possible to get over the mountains at Tehran and, and fly into like Turkmenistan or is our, our borders an issue? Can you, can you do that? Or is that no way you'd have to land in Iran? No need, no need. We can fly thousand kilometers inside the Iran. Iran is huge, so no need. Yeah, we can. If someday we can fly more than five hundred, we can pass the Tehran, and we have a mountain, a uh, big mountain, four thousand meters mountain, keep to Tehran, and we can continue. It, that was my goal. That uh, finish the day on the mountain, mm. and uh, because in the four thousand mountain. Still, you can continue one hour more than uh, that was. But unfortunately, on that day, I, I had a catabatic wind uh, and I, I couldn't join to the mountain. So I continue on a flatland. But in my opinion, yes, we can fly maybe five, more than 500K in Iran. And are there are there airspace issues or I remember Nick talking about, you know, there are just places in Iran that you just can't land. That's just, you know, it wouldn't be good for you. <laughs> um, you know, are there, are there a lot of that kind of thing? I mean, talk about kind of the logistics of, of flying in Iran. Yeah, this is the main problem for foreigner, and also for us. There is a lot of aerospace, aerospace on the way. And... Uh, we have a lot of military zones, so it's really important that you know where you go and where you want to land. Uh, in this flight, I have a, a all airspace in my instrument, and I I, I try to avoid to all the airspaces, and and I found the regular way and you know the safe way to 
fly to close to Tehran. It's not easy, but uh, I I did. Mm. And it looked like um, your friends uh, Hadi and Ala Rezvan. Ali Rezvan. Ali Rezvan. You know, you they they also had huge days. Were you guys team flying for most of it, and then just at the end, you guys separated, or were you separate the whole time? Yeah, we you know we had a plan to fly together, especially in the beginning of the day. But I don't know why. Always after one or one hours, <laughs> we get to separate. Um, you know, with the one turmoil, with the in the second, you can you can lose the other one. Mm. So yeah, usually after one hours we lost together. But I I flew faster than others, and um, also in middle of the way in twenty two hundred fifty k, I you know I had a live track. Uh, in the exit track, and my team, my brothers, always send me the message, and they explain me about the weather in front. Mm. And uh, then they they inform me that the wind changed a little. Uh, you, we we accept the west wind, but the wind changed to the uh, southwest. So I decide to fly more to the northwest, and it it helped me to have a better speed. Then I I try to turn to the Tehran from the north. So yeah. Uh, we had a plan to fly together, but it's actually is not possible. I, I talk with the uh, Rafael Saladini a lot, a lot, and I try to do same method in Iran, but here is 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 a different place. You know, the the big turmoil, high cloud base, it's it's different. Uh, mm. But what we try to find the best way, you know, the teamwork help a lot at the at the beginning. You know, we sure. usually we try to start at the 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, sometimes 10.30. I'm looking for a place that I can fly at the 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but at the beginning, it's not easy because the flat line is not working well and you have to stay in a mountain. Uh, yeah, at the beginning, the team working helped a lot to, to increase the average speed, especially, and uh, try uh, help to to you know you always we have a low saving uh, and team working help a lot to find the best core of the turmoil at the beginning of the day mm. yeah i was just down i got my first real good taste of proper team flying this year i went down to texas uh to chase the world record with uh, and donna zette joined us so uh, Rafael and a lot of the guys that have been chasing it down in in Brazil all these years were supposed to come up, and then you know COVID happened, and so. But Donizete lives here in the states, so he was still able to come. And I wow, I learned a lot from him because he had been part of that team for you know a decade now, and it's it's yeah. a, it requires a lot of discipline. But like you said, it's one thing to do it in the flats, and it's another thing to do it in big booming. I. I I gather that your conditions, you, you said before we started recording that you spent years uh, traveling the world and, and going to a lot of comps and that kind of thing. I don't know if you ever got over to the States, but the, it sounds like our flying in the Rocky Mountains is is quite similar in some respects to yours. You know, really high base. You know, I see your climbs are wicked strong. Um, I imagine it's pretty rowdy or is it, it well, is the air, I mean, it's, it's quite dry air. I imagine it's pretty pretty full on yeah you know the this year we had a special day year you know this year the, the weather changed uh, and it's not same as uh, the past this year we had a lot of cumulus in a high altitude mm. 
Mm. You know, the, I living in Tehran, in a, and always I check the weather in the metro. And the, when I found the good weather, I jump to the airplane, and uh, usually I'm going to the west of Iran to the Kermanshah, in one of the big city in the west that is close to the place that always we try to fly from there. In, in the way on the on the way onto the Kermanshah, always I can see the 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 route that I have to fly huh. day after. So I can see the Comalus. The Comalus this year the Comalus was always always more than six hundred six thousand five hundred meters. Some days seven thousand. Really? So yeah, yes. Usually, usually in a, in the past, you know, we hadn't this type. Comalus. We had a huge Comalus, big one, and a lot of Comalus. But in the past, you know, we had a Comalus, but not like this year. You know, the one big Comalus, and nothing until the 20K, maybe 30K, and another Comalus. But this year, I don't know. I don't know why, because maybe for a humidity, we had a lot of Comalus under all the sky. So uh, this Comalus, you know, stop me always on the on the six p.m. at the when I pass the three hundred kilometers, the the shadow coming, and always I I, I bump out after three hundred. If you if you look at my track, you can see I have a three three hundred kilometers. The better average speed. One day I passed the I passed the three hundred uh, before the five p.m. and it it me it showed that. If I can fly until the 8 p.m., I can break the 500k. But at always, the, you know, good day coming with the overdevelop in the afternoon. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so we have to, yeah. So we have to find the not really good day, normal day without overdeveloping afternoon. So we change the method and we, yeah. When you say you fly over, you know, this, this launch was quite near the border of Iraq. So when you fly over to the West, do you, do you mean you, you have a, a plane and you fly it or you get on a commercial flight? Uh, is it quite, is it quite inexpensive to fly around Iran commercially or is it like are these domestic commercial flights or you got a buddy with an airplane? Uh, it's not really expensive. Mm. It's a commercial flight. Yes. Uh, it's not really expensive for a, Foreigner for an American, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe $20 oh, for a wow. ticket. But, but, but for Iranian, is yes, it's not really expensive. But yeah, I have to jump to the airplane. It depends on the day of the week. In a weekend, it's expensive. But in the middle of the week, not expensive. But I did, I you know, I repeat 10 times this method that jump to the airplane when i check the weather the weather looks good i really? jump to the airplane yes i'm i went to the kermanshah stay in a hotel and the early morning i was in the takeoff and i tried the the routes i try maybe three four different routes and uh, finally i found it i found the, the best one and do you have a do you have a chase team on the ground or you just can you hitchhike how do you get home what if you bomb out what happens I try to 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 avoid to bomb out. <laughs> I try to fly close and close to my home. So always, I if I if I found that I can fly more than three hundred k, I continue. But if I look at the average speed and if I feel that the weather is not really good, I I land close to the Kermanshah and back to the, with the airplane in the afternoon to the home. 
Wow, no kidding. So there's no, you don't have any ground support. You don't have people in cars following you or anything. You're you're kind of no. on your own. Wow. No. And are you are you always foot launching in Iran, or are you um do you do you toe launch as well? What do you mean? No, no. I, we take off from the mountain. Okay. No, no. So no, yeah. it, no. Nobody's doing any toe launching because you you mentioned flatlands. I would think that toe launching would maybe. Uh, allow you to maybe take off earlier or is it, are there just no no toes in in iran you have a towing here i know i'm working on these methods mm. you know i need to explain something for you you know in some point i believe that maybe iran is one of the best in the world sure dry yes dry conditions high cloth base and good wind speed uh, in a high altitude uh, in a in a last flight before the record, I had a hundred twenty five km per hour trim speed in a four thousand. Can you imagine? That's moving. So if if we can fly in a higher altitude, our average speed is always always is more than sixty km per hour. Uh, but we have you know general AMS in Iran in in the north side of the earth is coming from the west to the east. And it's opposite of the Brazil. Mm. The Brazil, the general mass is from the um, east to the west. Sure. And, and the sun coming from the east to the west. So it's uh, it's help that, you know, it's a, um, you know. Yeah. The you're, east you're following the sun in Brazil and then everywhere else, like where I fly, I'm, we're always going east as well. Yeah. We're going the opposite way. Yeah, but Iran is, unfortunately, it's opposite. Yeah. So we have to wait until the 11 o'clock. Mm. So... No, I'm working on a on a place that maybe I can find the place that we can fly it, uh, start from the east side of mountain, and we can continue some hours. Then we we change the method from the west to the east, uh, and maybe from the towing. Mm. Maybe we we tried with the towing. Uh, yes, I, I'm working on it. <laughs> I tried. Yeah. How big how big is your community there? How many pilots do you have in Iran? Uh, it's the last time it was more than 6000 pilots. What? Are you, there's more than 6000 pilots in Iran? Are you serious? Wow. Yes, yes. That's more than the states. That's awesome. I mean I don't know why that's even relevant, but that's 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 awesome. It's a, it's a paradise for paragliding because you can fly all the season. We have a four season in Iran. Uh, you know the 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 spring and the summer is perfect and it's north, but in the winter and autumn we jump to the airplane with the half hours flying. We go to the south and again good place for flying for cross country. So the you know is 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 not like is Canada some like uh, some place of the Europe. We, mm. we can fly all the all the years. What's your favorite season? Is the uh, May. May. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's the time of courts. <laughs> yeah. That I, I see, I see big flights there in May. So, um, when did you get into this? I started paragliding from the, I think 2008. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm, you know, my story, my, my story is, is funny because I'm, I was, you know, I'm a mechanic engineer and I working in a factory and uh but but you know the i don't like 
that lifestyle that I, I have to go to factory all the weeks. But, and uh, one day I decided to change the life and uh, I knew the paragliding and I, I told to my boss that I need to go to travel to Europe for one month for, uh, for paragliding. And he answered, okay, paragliding or your job? I said, okay, sorry, bye-bye. I, I selected paragliding. So yeah, I, I, I left my job and I started paragliding. Yeah, it's funny because after nine months, after nine months, I broke the Iranian record. Just after nine months that I, I, wow. I so when I started gliding after nine months, I broke it because, you know, I, I'm a mechanic engineer, a fluid mechanic, and I can understand everything in a paragliding. Wow. And that was easy to understand the, the theory of the paragliding. So, yeah, after two years, I was at the Iranian championship. And uh, then I, in 2014, I, no, in 2012, I, I, I had the first competition in Turkey. Then in 2014, I start my, my competition uh, in the PWC. I start from Switzerland, France, and I was always in travel. I, I, I had a five-time trip to the Brazil uh, and the Mexico and everywhere. And it's funny that it's, it's not easy for Iranian to get a visa. Yeah. It's, it's that I, I have to, to apply for a visa for each one, each trip that I have to, to, find, to, travel, to apply for a visa. So it's not easy, but my love for paragliding, I did all. And uh, yeah, I travel a lot to Europe, to, the, um, to Brazil, to Mexico, uh, to the Nepal, and uh, all around the Around the world. So, yeah. Hale, how, how, because you chose paragliding over, you know, fluid mechanical engineering and yet another engineer in this sport, it just fascinates me. There are so many engineers in, in flying and we've, we've talked about it a bit on the show, but it's, it really seems engineers really gravitate to this sport for, uh, you know, many reasons. I think probably your analy analytical mind being number one, but what did you take up work with when you left that behind? Are you still a mechanical engineer now? Are you just doing that less or how did you, how did you go to being a full-time pilot and fund it? Was it through sponsorship or something else? Yeah, no, no sponsorship in Iran, nothing. Uh, yeah, I tried to join to a paragliding business here. Mm. Uh, I joined to the jingle glider. I'm a team pilot for a jingle glider. The, no, I'm in, I'm a, you know, dealer of the jingle glider and ozone glider in Iran. Oh, okay. And I have a paragliding school here. His name is Cloud Base. <laughs> Good yeah, <laughs> and uh, now I, I mix the paragliding with my life. You know, I I, I have been coming from paragliding and I spend in paragliding. So, <laughs> no, I like this time. <laughs> <laughs> the the addiction feeds the job and vice versa. That's that's great. So, is there quite an active uh, competition scene in Iran? You know, Iranian nationals and all that kind of thing. Do you have a lot of? Are there comps? happening there quite a bit or do you have to travel to compete yeah you know always we have iranian championship and usually two or three competition per year but now due to the covid it's all canceled uh 
But fortunately, we have a Turkey keep to Iran, and there is a lot of competition, and we always going to Turkey for competitions. Mm. And all country close to Iran, Nepal, also is good. And always in during the four years, you know, last four years, I always had a two or three PWC competition or world championship in Europe. Or I I always try to to go to this type competitions also. Yeah. In all your travels, all the places you've been and flown, what's your what's your favorite? Yeah, uh, I like Switzerland mm. uh, and the Brazil. Brazil. I had a really good memory from the Castello. I was close to the podium to finish the first, but with the one mistake in the last day, yeah, I I just lost the podium. But I like the Brazil. I I love the people in Brazil. But the Switzerland, yeah, Switzerland is one of the the best place that always I try to travel in the summer <laughs> to the Interlaken in the yeah I have a friend there and I I, I try to go there one time per year. <laughs> I really I really wanted to go to the PWC that's starting here any day I guess uh, but of course you know, Americans can't really travel anywhere right now the way we're handling COVID it's kind of same. unfortunate but yeah same with same with you I'm sure. Um, Tell me more about, you know, if, if someone who's listening to the podcast wanted to come fly in Iran and, you know, let's forget for the moment COVID, uh, but wanted to come, what would be the time you would recommend? What would be the process, assuming you can get a visa? Um, you know, is, the, is, it, is it pretty easy to just show up at the airport and make it happen? What are, what are the things people should be aware of? The, for traveling for Iran, yeah, Iran is really nice. Is we have a lot of historical place and the, the, the natural is amazing. Uh, for visa, the just six country need a visa be from the before and the other one they can apply for as a airport visa. Uh, for flying, uh, you know, the local flying is okay, no problem for local flying. But I can suggest to anyone to come to Iran to to have a long cross country alone. Uh, we have, as, as I explained before, we have a lot of air spaces, military zone, and some time, uh, you know, some place that we don't know where is it. So uh, we have a you. We try always to fly in a known route that, and we try to avoid from the aerospace and military places. Uh, so. Honestly, I can I can tell to friends that if you like to see the Iran and have a cross country, maybe the competition is the best choice. Uh, the competition in the competition you can register is okay. Uh, um, you can fly cross country, and if you land somewhere and there's no problem because you have a support team, you are in competition. But for a cross country, it's not easy to manage it. You know. Uh, so if someone like to come to Iran for a cross country, I suggest to, to have a team here and connect with somebody that know about the rules and um, maybe he can manage some agreement with our federations and have some license for this type of flying and, and need to fly with the team, with the other Iranian pilot uh, to, to guide this, this pilot to the good routes, good place and select the good state for flying. I hope that I can explain enough about this subject. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, when Nick went over, he wrote a couple of beautiful articles about his experience in Iran and, you know, which I felt was was culturally actually really important to read because I think, you know, as, as Americans, we see in the media and I'm sure Iranians the same see it in the media and it's pretty politicized and uh, often probably not very accurate. But is it, you know, would you would you wholeheartedly, you know, say, Hey, Gavin, you could come to Iran and, you know, safety is not a problem. Is it, is it an issue or is it something that, you know, I have to be a little bit worried about just because of, you know, where I come from? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I can tell you that the, about the security inside the Iran is, you know, I feel, I feel, uh, you know, Iran is sec- more secure than some country that I traveled before. Yeah. Really, uh, you know, the, there is no problem. You know, it's how can I explain? I had to travel to some place of some country in South of America, and I'm scared there. <laughs> but in Iran, about the security, there is no problem. Um, the the only the only the point that you have to accept the rules. You know, we have some special rules. I. You know, I accept maybe it's not regular, but it's a rule. So if you accept the rule, no problem. It's okay, Kevin. You can come. You can. I can manage your trip. And uh, for example, I I, I I try to tell you some reason that, for example, the foreigner uh, have to to stay in a hotel. Okay. Not allowed to to stay in a home or, for example, uh, you have to inform the the governor where to stay. Not really, not really uh, as a report by ours. But if they want to check, if you stay in a hotel, there is okay. Mm. So it's 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 because of the the, um, the security of the the foreigner mm. is is the reason. Sure. And uh, for flying, we have some rules that uh, if you you if you have a flying plan, you have to send your information to the or federation. And then they 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 give you some license that then you can fly. In. And if somewhere the police ask you about the flying, if you show the re- the license, it's okay. So uh, it's it's a, we have a, some uh, method for uh, this type of traveling, you know. So uh, I can suggest if somebody if someone like to, to travel to Iran, uh, contact to some pilot in Iran and ask him to contact to the or federation and then there is a process that it's okay that you can continue what what is it how would you compare the cost you know of being in Iran and and traveling there and staying in hotels and eating how does it compare to other places is it cheap is it expensive is it what's it like so let me explain like this uh, with the one dollar you can put the 10 liter fuel in your car so it's it's maybe it's okay for you that (laughs) okay yes it's at the moment is uh, you know we haven't the economic is not really good the dollar currency increased too much and it's it's a paradise for you the hotel is like i don't know the good hotel maybe 20 dollar per night the good hotel wow and uh, the tickets is not expensive. The food is cheap. Jeez, yeah, I'm it's, coming. It's, it's, it's much, much better than Brazil. 
<laughs> wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. And and tell me about the consistency. Uh, you know, and usually in in desert environments, like I'm imagining, you're flying in and in Iran. It's it's similar to here in the states. We we deal with uh, many days that are too windy, and, and so we you know we can fly in the mornings and we can fly in the evenings. But you know, to tap the XC days as uh, can be difficult you know you need you need some things to align and you know so in in a typical year you know i would get way 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 more hours if i lived in the alps than where i do you know i can fly most days but it's a lot of times just mornings you know just a little quick sled or something to get some exercise but you know for cross country it's often just too windy what's your you said your season's kind of year round but um you know, if you if you're really kind of chasing it in Iran, can you get a lot of hours? You know, it depends to the season. The, you know, the, as I told you, the the May, uh, the May is starting for a, for a long cross country. Mm. Usually, the day start with the you have a short time for takeoff, then and then the wind is increased. And you have to stay in, in the air until the afternoon, then landing. Mm. But if you want to land in the middle of the day, you have to, someday you, you have to backward landing. And uh, the wind is, is, is more than 30K usually. Mm. But uh, then uh, when to the, you know, from the August and September is really good for a normal cross country, 300K, uh, high cloud base. It's good for cross country. We try to put our cross country course on this time, uh, and then after the September uh, until to the December, we, we have to go to the south for flying. Mm. Uh, if you want, if I want to explain about this, some good flying site in Iran, you know we have some some flying site in north of Iran. It's a green area. It's like a Brazil, some somewhere in Brazil, uh, and uh, in a in a Tehran we have a, a high mountain, and you know we have a two big mountain in Iran. Is one of the is Alborz that it in the north of Iran. It starts from the, the northwest and continue to the northeast, mm-hmm. and we have another mountain that is is a Zagros that it's. Uh, starting from the northwest and continue to the southeast. So we have a two big mountain for flying, and the Tehran is kept to the Alborz in north. We have a really good flying site that maybe you know that it's a Roch. The mm-hmm. name is Roch. It's in, in a, close to the center of Iran in Zagros, close to the Isfahan. And it's really good. And another really good flying site is in the west is a Kermanshah, the place that um, we broke the records. Okay. You know, we until the until the last years we tried to always break the record in a in a row in a center, uh, but we found that that the average speed in a in the east in Kermanshah is is much better. Um, you know, the, in a row you can fly early earlier. Maybe in ten o'clock, and you can continue until the close to the nine nine p.m. Mm. Uh, but the, you know the wind direction maybe is not really good, and the average is not is not good for records. 
<clears throat> but in the West, we have a really good average speed. What do you think is? I mean, it sounds like it sounds like five hundred for sure is on the docket there with a with a good day. But what do you think is possible? Yeah, I think it's possible. You know, if we can fly, you know, little early, maybe ten thirty, and we can continue to eight thirty in the p.m. And with a good day, with a high cloud base, with a good wind, we can break the 500 for sure, mm. for sure. Uh, you know, <clears throat> we flew 440 in a not really good day. So in a good day with a good average speed, we can we can break 500 for sure. Wow. So Suhail, you're 35. You told me before the start of the show, and you started flying in 2008. Uh, how how has flying changed your life mm, actually i can say that uh, yeah the flying changed my 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 lifestyle you know it's totally different with the past mm. no the paragliding is my job always when i when i wake up first i check the weather <laughs> so <laughs> yeah uh, it's it's always i i'm in traveling and uh, always I fly all the mountain in Iran. You know, this year I had a, actually two records. One record is, was a free distance record. Another one was, you know, we have a high mountain in Kip to the Tehran. The name is Damavan. It's highest mountain in Iran. It's, it's 5,600K, uh, 600 meters, the height of the, the mountain. This year's I climbed with the paragliding to the top. Uh, it's it's it, that was really amazing in the moment for me that I I climbing I turmoiling I I reached soaring then finally I arrived to the mountain to top of the mountain. Uh, yeah, it's you know it's my life. You know my life is like a, it's it's coming with the, this moment <laughs> the, you know, to find mountain new road, uh, new records, all is coming together. And, you know, and it's the paragliding is my life at the moment. <laughs> is, do you, do you have class one airspace there? Is your, is your legal limit 18,000 or 5,400 meters or is it different in Iran? Uh, yeah, you know, we have uh, some prohibited area here, restricted area here, but actually uh no no altitude limit mm. yeah we have uh, some some in regular uh, 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 we have uh, some limitation yes you have you we have to avoid to climb to more than 5000 i think 4800 or 5000 mm. in a general aviation rules but man <laughs> here we can climb to the five seven thousand yeah. and nobody's there <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. it sounds sounds similar to idaho let let me tell you that maybe the the you know iran have a big difference with the other place you know we have a you know seven thousand meters cumulus here with the more than four thousand agl maybe four thousand five hundred agl it's, it's i think it's it's I, how can I say it, it's different? Yeah. It's a uh, special for Iran. You know, in the last uh, in the last term of that day, I had uh, around four thousand AGL, and I just gliding for sixty k, sixty kilometers. Just yeah. Look at my 
my track, you can see that the last glide was from the 5,200 and I was in a inversion layer and I just gliding. I, I have a video that just did, 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 and I gliding for 60K. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at your track log right now. I can see that part. That just looks amazing. Yeah, you went from 5,000 something all the way to the deck of just one block. Oh, that looks, yeah, that's terrific. <laughs> that's, that's a nice, that's a nice end of the day. Yeah, specialty of Iran is a high cloud base. Yeah. A really high cloud is 7,006. And the AGL, you know, and the flatland is around 1,500. So you are really high, really high and good wind. Then the average speed, the three minute speed is always more than 80 kilometers per hour. Wow. And just spectacular, too. I mean, I've seen a lot of the pictures that you're just flying over these amazing, very historic landscapes. It must be. It must be quite surreal. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me about women uh, flying in, in Iran. I, I understand you've got some great female pilots. Yes, yes, yes. We have a really good pilots here. Um, the female is not not like a man, but we have a good number of the female here. We have some good pilot. Now they're flying the two-liner and really good competitors here. And this year, just on the record day, some girls, he, she flew around the 320K with the ENB gliders. Whoa. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah good, uh, good female in our uh, paragliding social. Yeah. Wow, I got to get her onto the show. That's amazing. That's a good flight, 320 on an ENB. That's terrific. Fantastic. Oh, man, you've got me really jazzed up about flying in, in Iran. I, I had no idea there were 6,000 so pilots. I mean, that that's that's uh that's very encouraging and are there are there just sites and are there many schools and many sites to fly or are they are they kind of more restricted to around where you are no the yeah we have a lot of flying site and we have a some club uh, but here usually the in, instructor working separately and uh, yeah we have a lot of instructor here uh, and uh, some club, yeah, good number. Usually, I think per per years, uh, less than five hundred pilot adding to our social. So yeah, the the number increasing, increasing, uh, and I think because of the or geography, we have a mountain, we have a good good atmosphere for flying. The, um, the paragliding, uh, you know, improve year by year, I'm sure. And uh, now the governor know about the paragliding, the military, they know the paragliding, what is the paragliding. And uh, yeah, and um, now they have a much, much better uh, reaction about the paragliding when one pilot landing in some zone, when they see the paragliding. It's the atmosphere is changed and it's getting better. Is it is hang gliding much of a thing there? Not too much. We have some, but not too much. Okay. Is there is there like a, a federation of some kind? Like here in the states, we have Ushpa that you know kind of lobbies and takes care of the sites yeah. and all that kind of thing. Is there something similar in Iran? You know, it's funny that we had a air federation from the fifty year before, but no. And not just we have associations, uh, 
Uh, we have a uh, five NAC here. Mm. Uh, yeah, Yushpa not working here uh, actually, uh, but the five working little. We have uh, some small activity of the APPI here. Mm, okay, but our, our association is the main one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Hale, if you could rewind the clock to your to two thousand eight, you know, to your fifty hour self, you said you, you broke the Iranian record when you're nine months in, but so you obviously picked this up pretty fast. But if you could rewind the clock to that, you know, the very beginning, what if anything would you change? You mean about my lifestyle or? Totally about the paragliding. Yeah, with, with flying, what would you do? Would you do anything different in terms of your progression and learning or travel or anything? Just some something that you, you, if you could go back and talk to that that person and back then, mm -hmm. what would you tell them? I uh, I try to start traveling. Maybe <laughs> you know, I start traveling after. Five years after I start paragliding, okay. if I back at that time, maybe I start from the at the, from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really happy that I had uh, some travel before, well, you know, because the you no know, the condition uh, getting hard, and you know, due to the economic condition, due to the I don't know, you can see the COVID, I can't travel now. Mm, I had a good number of traveling before, but I had a chance to travel to United States, for example. Uh, the Nick invited me to the United States. Uh, Matt Senior, yeah. I think. Matt Senior, he invited me for a, one competition that I forgot the name. It's Chilean. a famous competition. Chilean, U.S. Nationals. Chilean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always I'm I'm sad when when I when I think at that moment that I lost this trip. Uh, yeah, I you know I I like to travel to United States. I like to travel to Canada, but at the moment it's not possible. Sure. But maybe at this time easily I can travel. So I I'm if I were back again at that time I try to start my trip early you know from the beginning <laughs> i like that do it do it do it earlier and do more of it yeah i mean we we i find that you know, one of the best ways to improve your skills uh, flying is for sure to go to different places you know fly in different air with different groups and different mentors and different sites and that's where you really start to figure it out is when you start moving around you know when you when you lose the whole thought of the house thermal you know you go to new places and just figure it out and i think you're you're that's a great way to learn is to get outside your comfort zone yeah. You know, the one thing that I, I really liked in paragliding, it's uh, my friend. I have a lot of friends all around the world, from the Japan, all country in the Europe, and in Brazil, I have a family, really family, you know. Uh, so I miss, <laughs> miss them, you know. The, I like to travel. I have a, you know, I like, you know, I, I enjoy when I go to the Brazil, I call to my friend, I meet him. For example, when I go to the, I don't know, Germany, when I call to friend in France, you know, I'm, it's, it's like a family visit, hmm. you know, it's when I go into 
PwCNA family, when I see that some friends, for example, Pepe Maliki, Russell Logan, it's like a family visit. So, uh, yeah, it's, I like this type traveling competitions and this type relation with the friends, paragliding friends. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really special part of the part of the community and part of the attraction of flying for sure. Yes. Uh, and I just I want to say something that Iran is not like news. You know, no, it's not it's not is not a bad country, it's not a scary country. You know, it's it's like it's just a media. You know the the people here is that they have a warm heart and they really have a always good behavior with the foreigner. They like the foreigner, the foreigner. They like the tourist, and always they have a good behavior. So I hope that some days that this this type reaction with the countries change. You know the bad reaction with the. I I I know maybe we have a not really good. <laughs> How can I say the governor on top? But the, the people is different. It's not is is the is a governor war. It's not is not related to the the people. People is always always they they like the other people. Yeah, I mean I I think that we can say the same thing. So yes. Well, Suhail, I, I I have really enjoyed this. You've really made me want to come to Iran. I always have anyway for years, uh, but I really want to come now. So I hope we get to do that. And I hope we all get to get back to competing again soon. They're doing some comps, you know, in Switzerland and some places in the world right now, but uh, you and I certainly can't get there right now, which is a bummer, but hopefully we'll, the world will get back to some semblance of order here shortly, but stay healthy, stay safe. And thanks for sharing your story and congratulations, man, on an epic flight. And it sounds like you're just starting to tap into more and more potential there. So I'll, I'll keep an eye out for more future Asian records, but uh, you live in a cool spot, man. And I, I hope I get to come fly with you someday, but thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Gavin. Thank you for calling and hope to see you somewhere soon and and hope to fly together someday in Iran. I, I hope that I hope that happens. I hope so too. Thanks, man. Talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. If you find the cloud-based mayhem valuable, you can support it in a lot of different ways. You can give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher, or however you get your podcast. That goes a long ways and helps spread the word. You can blog about it on your own website or share it on social media. You can talk about it on the way up to launch with your pilot friends. I know a lot of interesting conversations have happened that way. And of course, you can support us financially. This show does take a lot of time, a lot of editing, a lot of storage and music and all kinds of behind the scenes cost. So if you can support us financially, all we've ever asked for is a buck a show. And you can do that through a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can set up a subscription service that charges you for each show that comes out. We put a new show out every two weeks. So for example, if you did a buck a show and every two weeks, it'd be about $25 a year. So way cheaper than a magazine subscription. And it makes all of this possible. I do not want to fund this show with advertising or sponsors. We get asked about that uh, pretty frequently, but I, for a whole bunch of different reasons, which I've said many times on the show, I don't want to do that. I don't like having that stuff at the front of the show. And I also want you to know that these are authentic conversations with real people. And these are just our opinions, but our opinions are not being skewed by sponsors or advertising dollars. I think that's a pretty toxic business model. So I hope you dig that. 
Um, you can support us. If you go to cloudbasedmayhem.com, you can find the places to support. You can do it through patreon.com forward slash cloudbasedmayhem. If you want a recurring subscription, you can also do that directly through the website. Uh, we've tried to make it really easy, and that will give you access to all the bonus material, a little video cast that we do and extra little uh nuggets that we find in conversations that don't make it into the main show but we feel like you should hear we don't put any of that behind a paywall if you can't afford to support us then just let me know and i'll set you up with an account of course that'll be lifetime and hopefully and you're being in a position someday to be able to support us but you'll find all that on the website uh, all of you who have supported us or even joined our newsletter or bought cloud-based mayhem merchandise t-shirts or hats or anything you should be all set up you should have an account and you should be able to access all that bonus material now thank you so much for listening i really appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next show thank you thank you